0: Cloud shoots, knocked down, a rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson! Rebound goal for the Knights. Chandler with two great looks in that sequence. Nobody is ever satisfied with one, so we're back for a second hour of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show.
1: Michael Shuffling down to the goal
0: line. Carlson dancing
1: out in front. Score! Backhand pass. Carlson to Marcioso. What a goal!
0: From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LBSportsNetwork.com, here is Darren Millard
1: and Ryan Wallace. Getting set for the Boston Bruins and the Vegas Golden Knights at T-Mobile Arena. It's the second half of uh, back-to-back for Vegas as they follow up a 3 nothing loss against the Colorado Avalanche. And it was a game in which uh, Vegas uh, didn't produce a lot of offensive chances but hung in there last night. Uh, can they raise the level of their game tonight against the leaders in the Atlantic Division and one of those teams that's challenging for an Eastern Conference title uh, in the Boston Bruins?
2: It'll be interesting to see for the Golden Knights what they're able to bring to the table tonight as we've you know kind of talked about. They're, they're just, there wasn't enough offensive jump from this team last night in Colorado, but uh, the good news is you get right back into it against a, a quality opponent in the Boston Bruins, and I, I'm hopeful that the Golden Knights are ready for that challenge.
1: Here's the update uh, on Vegas Golden Knights who have uh, just released the, this information regarding uh lineup. Decisions. Caden Korzak and Jonas Ronberg have been recalled from Henderson. Lucas Cormier and Grigory Denisenko have been assigned for HSK. So a defenseman and a forward called up. Mm-hmm. And uh, to make room, a defenseman and a forward have been assigned to the Henderson Silver Knights. Caden uh, Korzak uh, is just coming off the lower body injury. Mm-hmm. He was assigned to Henderson earlier this week they didn't play during that uh, stretch but they had to make room on the roster and he's not uh, doesn't have to pass through waivers so they can make a uh, an opening there uh, they I thought he was going to get a chance to play this weekend, coming back from the injury. Mm-hmm. But uh, obviously, shows you that uh, they had uh, other plans in uh, wanting uh, just uh, to give Cormier an opportunity uh, to play and get his feet wet, uh, maybe some time on the power play. But Korzak comes back up, and uh, it does uh, look uh, like if you're going to bring him back up, yep. I would expect uh, Caden Korzak to be in the lineup. And uh, and Jonas Rombierk has been recalled. Uh, Jonas Rombierk wouldn't be the type of player that um, that you would say uh, is going to be your 13th forward, and uh, that is indeed the, the uh, situation because Grigory Denisenko has been assigned to make room for him, so um, a slight shuffle, mm-hmm. not a sonic boom but sure. uh, but we've got uh, some changes coming ahead uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, with uh, a couple players uh, assigned to Henderson and two more called up.
2: Yeah, and you know, when you look at kind of the players that, that are now in the fold, I think, for the Golden Knights, as as we've talked about with Jonas Romberg, there has been a maturation to his game in, in understanding what you're going to get out of him every single time uh, he takes a, a shift for the Vegas Golden Knights. You know that you can depend on him in a bottom six role and that he can kind of fill that void for you. So depending on if you're looking for either a little bit more responsibility or just a player that does the work on the forecheck. It makes a lot of sense uh, with Jonas Romberg. And then as you've talked about with Caden Korzak, his puck moving ability, um, how he kind of filled that void initially when Shea Theodore went down. Uh, I felt like it was maybe only a matter of time before we get to see Caden Korzak back in the fold. And I think uh, if you're going to get to him tonight, it, it makes a lot of sense to pair him up with Braden McNabb.
1: Yeah, we'll see uh, what the, uh, Impact is uh, for uh, Caden Korzak because he's missed a, a stretch of time here uh, yeah. with that lower body injury. I think it was Thomas Hurdle who fell on him in, in front of the net. Uh, mm. uh, just a, a fluky uh, injury that, that he suffered. So uh, he'll be working his way back. Hasn't played since that uh, that night. Uh, but uh, that's great progress on the return to health uh, being activated and uh, recalled into the National Hockey League. Uh, when you look at Jonas Romberg, What that tells me, too, is that there's a good chance that Michael Amadio is feeling better. And he should be uh, in the lineup as well, that it wasn't uh, uh, somebody else that was uh, recalled or it wasn't uh, wasn't two forwards uh, that were recalled uh, to, to, to fill that void. So that's also really encouraging news. Don't know the combinations. We'll wait for the pregame warm-up and watch the rushes. Uh, old school, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Old school, being able to watch the pregame warm-up. Uh, teams uh, never used to do uh, the, the morning skates, and when they did, they were really loose. They were uh, really uh, un- unstructured, and, uh, and you had to, all the media, all the fans, uh, had to get here early and watch the pregame warm-up. To get an idea of uh, what the combos were up front, uh, what the pairings were on the back end, and we're in that situation because of the second half of the back-to-back and no skate today. So I, I like this throwback for an original sick opponent.
2: Yeah, I think uh, by and large we have an understanding, uh, obviously, of, of who the forwards are going to be, but as far as the combinations and what the the expected lines are, um, that's that's up in the air, and and it's up in the air for you know obviously a number of reasons. One, you you have kind of shuffling in more and more players and and it's been a revolving door of late in terms of injuries and all that but also the fact that the golden knights were shut out last night does bruce cassidy kind of shake things up from an offensive perspective with his line combinations that's something we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on through warm-up and
1: i'll put uh, even money that it does happen I don't know whether there is a a shakeup coming uh, with combinations or whether they go back to a, a more uh, traditional look like we saw last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really don't know because both things uh, could happen. This is such a composed group that they they don't get frustrated. Like when was the last time that you saw Marcia? So would be the most emotional. Sure. Player out yeah. There? Yeah. That's fair. Uh, when was the last time you saw somebody uh, slam a door or break a stick over the boards or slam a stick over the boards uh, or, or something of that variety? Uh, I watch every night, uh, every game, and, and it happens all over the place. Uh, players are snapping sticks over crossbars uh, after after goals or, or uh Crashing into the into their own bench and, and yelling and screaming at, at themselves. Most yeah, yeah. Players, hockey players don't don't yell at each other very often, <laughs> uh, and when it does happen, it's uh, it's uh, authentic and it's uh, real. Uh, but uh, you don't you don't see lashing out to each other. It's more internal. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this group has impressed me from the time that I've been working around them with their uh, ability to keep it even keel, mm-hmm. and it was. Uh, Interesting to hear Bruce Cassidy speak earlier this week that maybe it's time to see a little bit of bubbling over. Mm -hmm. And I I like emotion. I like seeing emotion. Uh, A a sports psychologist uh, that I follow uh, certainly doesn't uh, encourage that. Mm -hmm. Uh, People want to see things bubble up, but it's moving towards that. Yeah. Because uh, I, I love the, the mental aspect of the game. There is a trend right now to get it out and to use it in a positive fashion. Right. If, if you know how to use it as a positive fashion, like, it can be disruptive, of course. So we've all seen that. Uh, dads, you're a dad. Uh, we lose our temper all the time. That's sure. not that's yeah. uh, not good. I'm not going to speak for you, but I'm going to speak for you because you're a dad. Okay. And that means you lose your temper uh, every once in a while. Yeah, uh, Because that is the... W- Death taxes and death losing their temper—the yeah, three yeah. things that, uh, that are guaranteed to happen. 100%. But but uh, you you can sometimes use negative emotion or frustration in a positive way if you're following me here. Mm-hmm. And Bruce mentioning that the other day uh, was uh, was just a an interesting comment at a interesting time of the season.
2: Yeah, and I don't know that it's necessarily wanting there to be some knockout knockout drag out or anything no, like no. that it's simply to to be to be pissed off with losing right and i think that that's he was one talking the, about practice emotion, yeah, right exactly, players going back exactly. and forth battling and, and that's something that we have seen from this team from time to time right like there is a, a moment where the golden knights are are either in a funk or or in a skid and they just decide it's going to be over and, and it's usually with everybody pulling on the same rope and all of that. But I think that if you're able to harness some of that emotion, harness some of that frustration, decide that you're sick and tired of losing and find a way to win a game and then have that roll into the to the next one and the next one, I think that that can be a, a, a nice bonding moment for the Golden Knights as well. But it's all about harnessing the emotion in the right direction. And, and that can be difficult, especially when things haven't been going well of late.
1: So, is tonight that night? Or is tonight the night where the switch is flipped? And you go. I will just preface what's ahead.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It's a five game homestand. Yeah. Longest of the season for the Vegas School of the Knights. They got a bunch of fours. This is the longest at five. Then they go on a four game road trip with a couple of back to backs. And that's through the New York trip that finishes in Detroit before. Taking the All-Star break and the bye week, mm-hmm. so you've got nine games before the break. Remember last year, it was limping through that road trip that started in Arizona and then ended on Long Island. Yeah, they yeah. they got and they weren't in a good spot. They got the break and they came back and they were unbeatable. Yeah, for the rest of the way, uh, pulled back into top spot in the in the West and the Pacific and were able to hold off Edmonton. You can't. It's going to be hard to stay where they are in contention for first place in the Pacific yeah. if you just tread water through these next nine games. Yeah. Now, the, all five opponents on this homestand are above five hundred. It's not an easy stretch of games. If if you're going to get yourself out of it, you're going to earn your way out of this. Yeah, 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 this thing. And then the road trip is. Back to back, and then a back to back, separated by uh, an off day. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a challenging stretch of uh, opposition. It's a challenging stretch on the road trip going into the break, and it's and it's a long enough segment, Ryan, Mm -hmm. where you got to look at it and go, you don't want to be four and five, you don't want to be five and four you're looking at something that's going to give you some momentum and some some confidence in the range of a, a 6 and 3 at the start of the year mm-hmm. was the the low bar yeah because they were that good and yeah. they were that effective this team would love a 6 and 3 right now but hopeful of a of a 7 one one, seven and two, something around along that uh, that line, a six one and two, uh, where where you get points in in seven of the games, that that would be really encouraging coming out of the All Star break.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely, because the the lull has happened a bit sooner this yeah. year, right? And that's really what you're you're kind of getting to right now is that because that lull has happened, you you have to maximize the next nine games. You have to maximize this five-game homestand. For the Golden Knights, they've been good at home all season. You have to lean into that. You have to use these next five games to really dial things in before you go on the road because it's been a challenge of late on the road. They've lost their last six road games in regulation. So as you mentioned, it's not a scenario where you can just kind of hope to tread water here or even be 500 because of the, the last seven to nine, seven to 10 games that have gone away from the golden knight so with all that being said it's really the time where they're going to have to flip a switch where they're going to have to get themselves back to the their winning ways and, and being close to a 650 675 points percentage team because they've lost some ground over the last 10 games
1: you you built up a big cushion that yep. was the incredible part of the uh start the first 12 games 11-0-1 it gave you some cushion uh this last, And then you kind of tread water for a while. The last yeah. little bit, you, you've lost ground. Yeah. This is, and, and I think that uh, the Bruce Cassidy comment last night uh, after the game about what gives you the confidence uh, going forward that you can turn around the seven losses in nine games. And he said, well, not a lot right yeah. now. He was, he was bluntly honest about not a lot. And then he went through uh, the, the different layers of the game. I think he, he's looking at this stretch too. Not speaking for Bruce, but putting myself in his shoes. He knows that it's a challenging stretch, but it's also a stretch where you can can turn a corner and build some confidence by not just beating teams, but Mm -hmm. beating really good teams. Now, can you get uh, healthy? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, what the status is of Shea Theodore? Uh, Aiden Hill looked like he was ready to return. Didn't play last night. They've lost uh, a couple of other veterans uh, in Will Carlson and Will Carrier. Uh, so you you've you've backed up on the oh we hope to get healthy sure or healthier mm-hmm. uh, in in the next little bit. That's not going to happen during these nine games. No. Like you you don't have uh, somebody coming in. And uh, rescuing in the next nine games. I don't know what the Aiden Hill uh, situation. I thought he was starting last night based on uh, Bruce Cassidy's uh, commentary after the the, the pregame skate. Uh, We we addressed it uh, yesterday. are they being overly cautious? I don't mind that at all. Yeah. but it, it was, was he under the weather too. Like there's everybody wants to jump towards, including me. My first thought was injury. Mm-hmm. What, what happened with, with Aiden, well sure. he's not available, was that illness because his partner, Logan Thompson, uh, wasn't able to make the trip and, yeah. and it's going around. Was it something as uh, not minor as that? But uh, not as overly complicated as that, or was there some kind of uh, concern and setback that caused Yuri Patera to go in? So uh, I think uh, if you're if you're looking at this, you want to be six wins in the next uh, nine games, and you hopefully can get both of your National Hockey League goaltenders back for a large stretch uh, before the All Star break.
2: And I think it's important in what you said about there, there's not necessarily relief in the in the short term from. The injuries or the players that are out of the lineup, you you have an idea, right, that you're without William Carlson, you're without William Carrier, you're without Shea Theodore. At least I would imagine Ben until, Hutton too. I ben should have Hutton, mentioned him exactly until after the bye week and the All Star break. So if that's the case, it's going to be on the guys in the room right now. And you know you've got Jack Eichel, you've got Mark Stone, you've got uh, Jonathan so who you mentioned has has had plenty of chances the puck just isn't going in for him right now but when it does we know what is so capable of doing he needs one to fall right and then you you need more out of out of the bottom of your lineup paul cotter's had some great games but that puck needs to go in it needs to to, to get a bounce for him whatever it might be but it's on the guys in the room to kind of come together and find a way uh, to get this one over the goal line and i i believe that they can get it done just as I believe Bruce Cassidy is going to be able to find a combination of forwards, defense, whatever it might, must be or might be in order to get this team winning again.
1: You go from facing Nathan McKinnon last night who pulled into a tie for first overall in the scoring race mm-hmm. to somebody who's third overall in David Pasternak. So the the challenge is there uh, to keep the puck uh, out of the net. There's, there's two ways to, to turn the corner and dig your way out mm-hmm. one is score a bunch of goals mm-hmm. and score your way out and, and escape via an offensive eruption yeah or you lock things down defensively now coach bruce cassidy uh, every coach uh, in the national hockey league would take locking things down defensively yeah uh, more so and and i think that uh that the structure that we saw from this team in in the Stanley Cup playoffs is certainly there. Uh, you do have like on the on the back end. As much as we talk about so many moving parts, they do have five of their six guys. Yeah. So so that's that's a strength. It's been there, at times there's been four, but for the most part they they've had uh, a great run of, of five of six. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's positive. I think uh, that's enough to allow you to compete and be effective. On the defensive side of the puck if you're connected with the with the guys up front
2: well when you look at their last four or five games they've only allowed four goals one time and that was Mm -hmm. to the florida panthers so it feels like goals against are trending in the right direction for the golden knights special teams are going to have to be an area where you can improve right and that was coming into the season an area of emphasis for bruce cassidy it was great in the first 20 games of the year It has certainly not been where it needs to be for vegas of late so Timely power play goals are important, and that's a way to get some of that confidence back offensively and finding a way to to go a couple of games or, or really a long stretch where you're getting the job done on the penalty kill. But from a goals-against perspective, it's been trending in the right direction. The offense has to come with it, though.
1: So now you try to build on some positive efforts. What can you take from last night? Like What, what gives you some confidence Encouragement from last night.
2: I mean, I thought the the play of Yuri Patera was really good. Yep. I, I love their first power play. I like the the ability to kind of move the puck around. They had a one timer setup for Jack Eichel, his stick uh, just kind of shatters on him. I love their first penalty kill. So I, I liked aspects of their special teams. It just didn't have the staying power. So that's something that you look at. Um, and you know. Again, Patera was good. It was a game where you know, the Golden Knights were undermanned, and they were right there in it against one of the best offenses in the league in the Colorado Avalanche. So um, I'm, I'm probably more encouraged by their, their team defense and their ability to, to keep games within reach, and hopefully at some point you're able to just kind of take advantage
1: of that. When you look at the post-Christmas schedule, you got the LA game, mm-hmm. was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you had the Winter Classic, which they didn't give up a lot. They didn't generate a ton either, no. but they didn't give up a lot, mm-hmm. and that could have been like easily like a one-one game. Uh, you got to score, but you also uh, I think I think they could have uh, limited a couple of uh, goals in that regard. the 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 Florida game, they they were by far the better team early on. Yeah and couldn't break through. So there was encouragement there, and uh, gave up uh, some chances from net front, but uh, but weren't terrible, weren't, yeah. weren't outplayed in that game territorially. Uh, the Islander game was good, and then uh, last night was more of a hold-on. Last night it was probably tilted the most out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Um, because of uh, what the what the Colorado Avalanche did in that second period, and yeah, I started the third. Second
2: period is where it got away from yeah. them, and that was certainly a, a period where the the Avalanche were all over the Golden Knights. I thought I liked Vegas's first period yeah. a lot,
1: and I, I didn't mind some of the push in the third. Yeah, I, I thought that there's uh, there were some opportunities here. So uh, it, it, I think it looks because you you go through okay, what what are they in the last five? What are they in the last mm-hmm. ten? It, it it looks worse than it is uh, right now based on their level of play. There's been good pockets, Mm -hmm. acceptable pockets, encouraging pockets in every one of those games. Mm -hmm. Their inconsistency isn't game to game. Their inconsistency right now is in-game, which is very unusual for this team not to be able to get it back as the game goes along.
2: Yeah, that was kind of one of the things we talked about uh, when when they went eleven zero and one right? Like, if there were pockets where they weren't playing well, they were able to get things back on the rails. They were able to get back to their game and either take over a, a game in a period, right? Take over in a second period or a third period. Um, I, I think that that's a fair way of looking at it. I, I think that there have certainly been um, – you know, pockets for the Golden Knights where it's gone well and and either they haven't been able to capitalize offensively or they haven't been able to extend leads in certain situations. But uh, I do think that more than anything, what they need is uh, growing that game closer to 60 minutes. As Bruce Cassidy's talked about, you're never going to play a perfect 60 minutes, but you do have to have larger chunks inside of a game where you are uh, the team in control. And I think that's probably where the Golden Knights can make the most headroom.
1: Marcioso's gone seven games without a goal. Marcheseau could easily have 12 goals in those seven games based on the looks that he's received. He is as snake bit as I've seen Jonathan Marcheseau in my time watching him play.
2: Okay, listen, I'm not going to sit here and be a homer or anything like that, but Jonathan Marcheseau could have had a hat trick in the first period against the Florida
1: Panthers. Florida Panthers, He had six shots. It was unreal. He had 13 shots in in a four-period stretch yeah. from the Winter Classic and then the first period of, of the Florida Panthers. Yeah. So that's that's encouraging. Um, I think I think Jack's play has been uh, the most consistent uh, throughout the entire process. Where they where they've uh, had trouble is just depth. Like William Carlson, we're, we're starting to see, like Shea Theodore, yeah. uh, like we're more than 20 games without Shea Theodore. Yeah. He still leads the defenseman in scoring. Yeah, uh, That's how, what, what an incredible start he had to, to this season. Uh, William Carlson, that as time goes on, you realize more and more just uh, the impact uh, of a player like that. So you do need some of these chances like what you saw from Stone. mm mm-hmm. What you saw from Marshall in the last few games, some of those can go, you're good. Like, the Nick Waugh second goal the other night mm-hmm. is a great example. The goal against the New York Islanders. That's that's getting uh, the benefit of, from the hockey gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to Brett Howden clanking one off the post and putting a dent in the net. Like they had, they had to change that net at the TV timeout yeah. because there was uh, an indentation in the post and it, it was not suitable for play. That's how hard he hit it. I'm joking. Uh, yeah. But but the goal by Nick Waugh, his second one the other night, squeezed through mm-hmm. and managed to just crawl across that. Great shot, great play. I loved uh, his fake to the point and taking it to the net, but he got a break in, in that regard, and you start to get – some of those uh, go your way a little bit, and it might take something like that mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a nudge to get your confidence back.
2: Yeah, and you know, the thing with, with Jonathan Marcheseau, and we've kind of alluded to it, right, is that the chances are there, they've been there, and it's not likely that you're going to have a stretch this long for Jonathan where he's not able to break through. I feel like it's 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 right there, it's on the cusp, you're, you're going to need it from him but you know in bringing up Nick Wah, and in talking specifically about William Carlson and the absence that that the Golden Knights now have in their in their middle six bottom six whatever you want to call it uh, that's an opportunity for Nick Waugh to really take hold of at that spot and bring bring some guys along, bring himself along, and chip in with that depth scoring. A lot of the reason the Golden Knights were able to get through injury issues last year is because you got a career year out of William Carrier, right? 16 goals yeah. out of that player. Like You're going to need some of that from the bottom of your lineup to help you through right now, too.
1: A bunch of 7 o'clock starts Eastern Time. 4 o'clock starts uh, on our clocks uh, are underway in the National Hockey League. We'll run down some of those. Plus, a sighting on the Vegas bench here at T-Mobile Arena gives us an idea of who the starting goaltender is going to be tonight. Uh, We'll tell you about that as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Carlson
0: left corner, centered one-timer score.
1: It's time for One Timers.
0: A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League, brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery
1: got tickets to give away to the Nashville Predators, Vegas Golden Knights on Monday, 3 o'clock start on Martin Luther King Day, and we will give those away at the end of uh, one-timers, 702-876-1340. Don't call yet, but have that number programmed in. Chapman will not be answering calls until the end of this segment. Uh, I have learned something. It gets windy in Vegas. Yes. There's been times where it's been gusty. I don't remember a stretch since I've been here where it's been this consistent. And my Ring app, my Ring doorbell, yeah, is getting completely suckered in by <laughs> moving bushes. <laughs> it keeps going off, and I keep checking to see what are the cats doing, what are the dogs doing, because yeah. uh, they they run out uh, on that side. It's just uh, the the trees blowing around, and that's how strong it is, because that's never happened before.
2: Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it gets windy here. Um, it gets windy here it is at times frustrating to deal with but you know I'll take wind and uh, usually perfect weather most of the year over yeah. anything else
1: I, I think Chapman left the dome open and we've, we've got a, a leak that uh, needs to be patched because I, I want to go back to the perfect the perfect uh, temperatures and uh, the perfect conditions I just I've not gone through a stretch where this many days where it's windy. Usually it's a couple hours, uh, maybe a day or two, and I can't ride. But this is uh, extreme. Hey, we've, uh, <laughs> sometimes going with the wind can be good. Uh, that's not the case. If it was an outdoor game, I would say Owen Tippett uh, had a great uh, wind at his back or was going downhill. That wasn't the situation in overtime last night. The Philadelphia Flyers forward, who I think of as a shooter, like he could score from the blue line with a wrist shot in the OHL. He just has a release that is absolutely deadly. Yeah. Uh, but he set the top speed <laughs> in the NHL last night. Wow. Clocking a speed of 24.21 miles per hour. 24 miles per hour on skates in overtime last night. That is your bar now in the National Hockey League.
2: It, 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 like it's hard for me to fathom the speed of of the game and um like it was on display for me in a different way at the winter classic i was on the glass you can get a a different sense of of how fast the game is but the the fact of the matter is when you start talking about 24 miles per hour over 24 miles per hour uh, it's it's exceptionally hard to even like contemplate how quickly you are moving and then how much all how much extra stuff you've got to do at that speed too it's unreal
1: and eventually getting around another room because you only got 200 feet. Yeah,
2: that's, that's true. So
1: you, so you oh. either got to stop or, or turn uh, turn a corner. If you're going 22 miles per hour, mm-hmm. which is the average top end speed in the National Hockey League—not the average speed, but the average top end speed—is yeah. 22 miles per hour, you're losing ground to Owen Tippett. Yes, like that. That's another way to uh, to phrase it. Uh, Anaheim Ducks. Trevor Zegras out six. To eight weeks with a broken ankle. Yep. A broken ankle. Now, here's the cup half full. Mm -hmm. How often do you hear players say when they have a high ankle sprain, Mm. I wish it would have just been broken. Sure. And then we just get get it back. So, in a way bone heals and you get back to work and you recuperate you know exactly what you're dealing with uh, high ankle sprain can be really difficult you make progress and there's setbacks You progress and there's setbacks uh it's it's one of those ones so, so i i'm looking at this as goofy as it sounds as a positive for trevor zegras
2: i i think you've got a timeline you have maybe a more straightforward recovery in terms of you know understanding what the damage is and, and how to quickly get back or, or best get back um, as opposed to you know dealing with a, a high ankle sprain as you mentioned so um, I, I think you can look at it half full that way but you know it's it's unfortunate I think for Zegers who was starting to kind of find his game a little bit for the Anaheim Ducks uh, uh, you just kind of hope him a speedy recovery and that he's able to get back and, and you know be the dynamic offensive player
1: we know he can be New Ducks teammate, Cutter Goche was on the team podcast and he said that uh, the decision not to play for the Philadelphia Flyers is a personal decision, mm-hmm. but would not go into details. Now, have you heard the the follow from not wanting to play for the Philadelphia Flyers, And then there was the report by uh, somebody on a Flyers podcast who said that uh, Kevin Hayes was responsible uh, because he knows Kharagoshy uh, and convinced him not to play for the Philadelphia Flyers. Then there was uh, death threats to Kevin Hayes, uh, who who now plays uh, for the for the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. And, uh, John Tortorella lashed out at this reporter last night, uh, which uh, which was it was one sided and uh, and the reporter took it and and John was uh, for a tuning in. Was as controlled and respectful as you can get, uh, but but this is this is where I have an issue with the, and it was sort of the same going down with the social media running with the Corey Perry sure yeah absence yeah if you don't come out with a reason mm-hmm. it's left up to everybody else to come up with a. A storyline, right? You're looking for it. You're digging for it. Not everybody's going to be absolutely journalistically moral, mm-hmm. and so rumors spread. Yeah. and stuff gets posted that's not accurate. People see it, they repeat it. It's broken telephone. Uh, if you uh, people don't even know what broken telephone means anymore, <laughs> but because uh, they didn't have a court. but uh, <laughs> but it, it it becomes that. So here's where I'm talking. Hey, I don't agree with a player. I'm not John Shannon. I don't agree with a player trying to tell you where he should play. Mm-hmm. But that's that's his decision. I can't do anything about that. What right. what I would encourage is if you're going to take that stance and you're going to buck the system, then tell us why. Like Eric Lindros, he told us why he wasn't going to Quebec. Sure. He didn't want to play, have anything to do with Marcel Abou. Mm-hmm. That that was the situation. Adam Fox wanted to play for the New York Rangers. Yeah, We knew that. He was up front about it. I don't agree with everything, but they were up front about it. And Eric's a friend of mine. This, this just leads to massive speculation. So I guess the question is
2: like, whose responsibility is it in that situation to not be wildly speculative? Because there's really no reason for there to be speculation on a personal decision. Like you can make the argument that does does Cutter Gojé owe anybody anything to explain his reasons? I'd say no in that regard. And by the same token, I don't know that the media or or anybody in that situation needs to spread rumors or speculate on what the reason might be.
1: No, I, I think he does owe it to, to to the people, to the fans. You're you're entering professional sports. But the fans you, are a different story. Well, though. it's it's it's. Do the Philadelphia Flyers know? They they were told, or know. based on, and and that was wonderful the way they handled. it. Like, yeah. like you want a textbook PR spin, like and what they how they spun that the other night mm-hmm. on their broadcast, it was effective. And I have some loyalties and some appreciation for the Flyers because of some of my friends that uh, that are involved with that organization, but they did a good job, and I'm I'm sympathetic for a player that uh, that obviously didn't want to play there, and. Uh, I just if you're going to take that stance, if you're going to play that card, then be up front with it because there's got there there's something there that stopped this player from wanting to play for that franchise. Stand up, be public with it, own it. And and you can do that through your agent, mm-hmm. you can do that through the team, or you can do that yourself. If you're convicted enough not to play,
2: then yeah, I think that there's there's an opportunity there to, to just stand in it, right? To like to, to own up to it, to, to to give an idea of what it is. But at the same time, I I don't know that like journalistically, there needs to be this this rampant desire to need to know what it is or to that's what we do speculate as to what it is. Like, well, no,
1: that's a different story. But but the speculation comes from people competing for the story. I, and everybody wants the story, but there there you can needs make, to be. But there you can make a, a name for yourself right now, there. Ryan. Like Ryan, you can make a name for yourself. I know, but there by still needs to be responsibility. Story. there. If that that goes that's out the window when you're talking about social media, podcasts. Fair. Yeah. Like, it, it, I can't it, argue that point. It, it, it absolutely is. Listen, people. People aren't held to the same. If you're not not employed by somebody, if you don't have an editor, if you don't have a news director, if you don't have a boss, who do you answer to? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. If you think you're right, you can say it. And if you're wrong, huh? I was wrong. Yeah. I know lots of people who are in our business, but not employed by an organization, an outlet. Yeah. Who do this all the time? There's there's one. I won't mention this, their name. But they're he's probably 50% in his scoops and he still gets plenty of attention on different platforms with his speculation what he's hearing there's there's a desire for speculation when the facts aren't available and that
2: that i think
1: is is kind of where i'm split on this because as as somebody
2: that feels from a player perspective if you have your reasons and they're strong enough to force essentially the hand of the organization that drafted you i don't see what the big deal is in just voicing them right Right. like i don't see what the big deal is but if that is the decision that you make as a player and you want to just exist in that i think the speculation needs to be tempered by chasing that story,
1: well, I you you can't do anything about the speculation. That that's the thing. Then, and then I, in, I I agree with you. Yeah. Like in a perfect world, you're right. Then in that case, then, then tone it down. But there's no way to put that cart back you, in the barn.
2: If you can't police that, then the onus becomes on the player to to give you yeah. the true story. Just as you know, the onus is on at some point somebody giving. An account of of what happened with Corey do you know, Perry. Do you know me?
1: People feed stuff to agents, or agents feed stuff to to media members. Yeah. It happens all the time. This yeah. this is easy. Friedman can can get it at any point. You get it out there. Boom! It's over. By the way, the cart has left the barn, and the horses have all been let out too. It's it's very it's yeah, it's, I- it's 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 very active. You know this. The horses get out of the barn all the time. But when the cart gets out, too, yeah. it's gone. We got put, uh, tickets well, to give away.
2: Put the cart before them. Yeah. What are they and do?
1: Then, then you get the cart before the horse. It's just running away. Here, you're, you're done. <laughs> Two tickets to get away, uh, give away for the uh, Nashville Predators and the Vegas Golden Knights next Monday 702 876 1340 Chapman. Which caller?
0: Let's go with uh, 14, Nick Hague
1: I always surprise you with that, and I'm always surprised that you're surprised.
0: I'm not surprised. I was ready for it, but, you know, I, I, I just, I don't know. I had to think on the fly what number I want. I don't think ahead.
1: I was ready for
2: it, but I had, but I had to, to think, think on the, the fly. fly. Oh, no, I was, no, I had to think of a number on the fly. I knew hey, you were going to throw to me, but I'm, I'm,
1: I don't, I'm trying I don't to figure out how the cart got put uh, out of the barn before the horses. Well, so the so, so so we're all, it's, it's the farmer's fault. You're yeah. the point. It's his, not his his it is Android me.
0: phone and he's a farmer. So We're
1: back know, with catching up now. with Chapman uh, next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Mm- When the guy wouldn't stop talking,
0: we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for catching up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So, per our conversation yesterday about Faroe Islands and me, you're back to... on no, this. No, 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 no. So, it came up that I thought that maybe they filmed one of the scenes in Star Wars. So you brought it up. I did, yes. However, I did the research and found that the island that Luke lived on was not, in fact, in Faroe Islands. It was an island called... New Zealand. No, it was Skellig Michael, which is an island off the coast of Ireland that is part of the county Kerry. I was wrong there. And the monastery, which you can see in the movie, is actually a real-life monastery that's hundreds of years old. A lot old. of people
1: go visit there.
0: Yeah, apparently it's quite hard. You can only take a boat. and the But boat, Star
1: Wars people love it.
0: Yes, and it only goes once a day. However, a little bit closer to home, you can visit some of the locations where Tatooine from A New Hope was filmed right down the street from us in Death Valley. I guess technically yep. not right down the street, but some of the places that were used in the Star Wars film A New Hope were filmed in um, Death Valley. Artist Palette, Dante's View, Desolation Canyon, Golden Canyon, and the Mesquite Flat sand dunes, all part of uh, the filming for Tatooine and uh, some of the locations I was reading. You would not be permitted to be filmed there in 2023-24 because there's now restrictions on what can be filmed in the park and what can't.
1: I love what you've done here. You, You took speculation yesterday. Yes. And were wrong and turned it into a follow up on catching up with Chapman. Well yeah, I mean, look, I
0: I I it was something that was eating at me cuz I was like mm. I I I, I want to find out where some of these locations are. Yeah. And what's pretty cool is like there's there's entire websites that are dedicated to finding filming locations in Star Wars like I don't think we grasp just how Don't many- lump us in with you. Well, we as in Star Wars fans and, and people <laughs> who enjoy the movies, and we know that you don't because you're a Jar Jar Binks fan. But how many locations there are all over the world, from Bolivia to Tunisia to Death Valley to small where was islands. Hoth? It's it's a Hoth. galaxy
2: far, far yeah. away. Hoth,
0: Hoth was a fjord in Norway huh. where um, where they filmed it. So uh, and apparently it was so cold that. They waited. They had to wait days to get out and film it because it was so cold
1: at the. Well, they had to. They had to slice open that animal to, for yeah, him to keep warm.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. There it is. Hey, uh, just saw Logan Thompson. This is about uh, 35 minutes ago. He came out and sat in the bench and was doing his uh, visualization. So that's a sign that he could be the guy. and we willing to go down that path? Speculation. I'm just. Seeing and reporting it's, it's. and passing it along.
2: Yeah, I I saw it too. Um, but I think we just lean into into the old school. Oh, and we Bruce find is going to chew you guys out tonight now. We find out when they uh, when they take the ice for warm-up.
1: We were using the big zoom lens from our spot up here. Yeah, we were. He's <laughs> still doing it too. Taking pictures <laughs> of people on the bench. Yeah. Uh? Owning it. That's what we do. Nobody's safe from our peering eyes on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. The pregame show's next with Ryan Wallace.